welcome to Emma's podcast. In today's podcast, I have somebody that I wanted to interview because I'm curious of what she's doing. She's a managing director, CEO of Stellar LLC, but she started and founded a primary inventor, chairman, and CEO of Earth Renew Corporation, then moved to a managing partner at Elk Global Fund, become the, became the founder and CEO of uh, AJ Works, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Then, I works. All right, thank you. <laughs> and then I went to the primary team, managing director and strategic advisors, and founder and managing director and CEO of Stellar LLC, which is a creative art channel. So good morning, Christian. How are you doing today? I'm fine and delighted to be on your podcast. Thank well, you. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. So I want to know, how did you get all started? Because now you, you are the founder, managing director and CEO of Stellar LLC. But you basically uh, founded primary inventor, chairman and CEO. How did it come all about to do that? Well, Earth Renew was a, um, my, a big project that I started working on even before I incorporated, incorporated the company. But I um, have been a, a business person, an entrepreneur, very, very creative and very curious person since um, my childhood, really. And I've had a lot of experience um, trying different things and different products. And I was kind of a nerd I was a book re reader. I was very creative and designing things and, and fixing problems. And, um, and the inspiration came internally because um, I didn't have anybody around me um, that was really very good at that sort of thing. But, um, and then I just continued to do that. And then uh, um, my second husband that I uh, um, was a, a, an inventor and an engineer, and he was a primary inventor of fuel cells, and um, which are used in um, a lot of buses around North America. He was an employee of a, a larger company. And um, I watched him, how he did his work and his designs and engineering. And he was a very good teacher of engineering design. And um, so I just started designing and, and, and what was strange is that I invented plants and designed facilities and, and, and implemented all of that and got investment for it at Earth Renew um, and, and, and looked at the technology completely different, but I didn't have an engineering degree, which really bugged some people, mostly men. Well, all men really got <laughs> bugged by that. But my team, my team was amazing. Um, I had, um, you know, people that joined the company early on, a PhD in soil sciences, because mm -hmm. I have always had that agricultural bent um, to, to the business. And, um, and then I had our patent attorney who got involved with our patents that I had vented on my own by myself long before that, with the assistance of my um, husband at the time. And um, he's, you know, we got all these technologies and developments of, of how to do things and how to make um, fertilizers mm -hmm. that generate the soils and make it economically because I love math and I love um, spreadsheets and things like that. Really weird stuff. And, and basically self-taught, I, I got it all together. And then our patent attorney joined the firm. And then a lot of other people came on the firm joined the firm and um, mostly men because I was sort of the only woman in the crowd. But I remember um, back in um, uh, before I started Earth Renew, I had got involved in computer business and computer um, before the Internet. We got into time sharing um, what are called microcomputers, which were the most powerful computers at the time and did joint ventures with big companies, international companies predating sort of around the time IBM was at its peak. Yeah. Um, and we, we put together a computer system and then we um, did timeshare and um, management of the computer system for architects and engineers. So oh I goodness. was in, yes. And it was, it was really, really fascinating time. Yes. And um, so 
so there was all sorts of, um, I, I was always the only person, only woman in the crowd. So we went to a big, um, what's called CAD CAM, which is computer aided design and manufacturing. Yep. And we went to a big conference in um, Knoxville, Tennessee, and went down there and, um, and everybody said, we always knew where Christiane was <laughs> because you see all these gray haired men are surrounding up, up surrounding her and she's in the yeah. center sitting in a chair or something like that you know it's a, and I would you know is it was really interesting but but when you start to get successful as a woman mm-hmm. then things really change because there's there's a lot of embarrassment and and sort of um I remember one time with um the second hire of Earth Renew uh Dr. Al Fetkenhauer was just an amazing man, really clever man, you know, grew up on a dairy farm, dirt floor, all that sort of stuff, and very, very successful, award-winning soil scientist and a professor at one time, and, you know, he is just an amazing man. And we're sitting in um, getting, uh, looking to get a grant from the government, and we're sitting in the office of the head of the National Research Council, which is in Canada, and um, the guy we refused that we were interviewing supposedly me as the CEO of the company and the founder and the designer of the technologies. He didn't look at me and talk to me. He looked at Al and said to Al, why are you involved with this woman? She isn't even an engineer. And, you know, you should really worry about your career. And that's just an example of sort of the type of Mm -hmm. prejudice that I've had. Yep. Yes. Yes, the boys club, the rich boys club, because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, it's really like that, yep. where, you know, you get um, interviewed and um, the venture capitalists will look at you and they say, oh, she's a lightweight, which is really hard on your, on your confidence level, because you're always working from being lesser than. And I know that this is a universal experience, because yes. throughout my career, mm-hmm. I've been doing this a long time. Yes, you know, going to venture venture capital forums where you have um, venture capital um, presenters and and you know you're invited to it to do a presentation of your company. You know, out of the companies, you know, there's only you know it might be a hundred companies or fifty companies. There's only um, you know a couple women, and so I got to know some women in the business, but and um, and you know it was it was really hard to see anybody else. And um, when you were competing for, for grants and things like that, and you're being vetted by a, a forum yeah. of venture capitalists mm-hmm. sitting around. Yeah. And then they, they give you feedback after that. You know what my feedback was? Your how feel? I dressed. No, how I dressed. There were men that were in their T-shirts, their guts hanging out, fiddling with their their keys in their pants and all that sort of stuff. But they were complaining about the way I dressed, the type of skirt I wore. And I was, this is with, with Earth Renew. I was um, in the, in the agricultural sector. So I wore cowboy boots and they complained that I came with my cowboy boots on. Yet there were men with cowboy boots on presenting as well. So it's, it's like, they yeah. didn't talk about what, what I had done. They talked about how I looked. Because they, could, so, they couldn't say anything to you about what you have done because they could not, they were nothing to critique. So they had to go to the lower level to basically go with the physics and what you look like because they would, you would have done something. I'm assuming you would have done something they would have not like. They probably would have taken you down the, the path of, you know, shred you to pieces for what you have actually accomplished. But it looks like they could not touch anything you have done so they had to go to the physics which is very sad it's detrimental and really shows that chauvinism was and is maybe at some level still terrible it's discouraging it it still goes on it Mm -hmm. still goes on and and i think that it it's it's also um the who's who you know yes where you were educated um Mm -hmm. you know um that sort of makes a big deal to, to, to the venture capital business. And then the venture capital business has changed a lot in the last um, 20 years because venture capital t- turned out, it started out, you know, in Silicon Valley 
uh, with, um, you know, people interested in investing in early stage companies. Yes. And, and that was their goal. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we know about the story of Steve Jobs getting venture capital to invest, invest in his business. And they gave him a hard time. So yeah. if you're, if you're go to the venture capital business nowadays, about 80, um, I think it's getting close to 90% of venture capital in Silicon Valley are owned by the largest corporations in the world. So they are, what are they doing? Well, they are, sourcing venture ca uh, investments mm -hmm. so that they can take them out or put yep. them down. Yeah. So, so, you know, um, I heard recently on, uh, on the um, discussion about what's happening to venture capital post pandemic and, and in this recession that we're going into and they say, well, it's not venture capital anymore. It's vulture capital. And there's a fellow that's written a book about it, but it's really kind of interesting because that is exactly what it is. So all these little companies that are starting up, these great companies with great leaders have venture capital and they're going to be vultured and in, absorbed into, yep. into other companies that have no interest in their business or their vision or anything. They just want to get them off the table. Might give you a bit of money, but that's about it, right? So the question coming back to, to venture capital, because you, you made a very good point, but I do know companies actually here, we started in Minnesota and they came here specifically because they knew bigger company would purchase them. So their intent was just to be purchased by other company, regardless if they will absorb them or do whatever they want to do at the end of the day, but they, they wanted to be bought by those companies. Yes. But the, the history of them buying separate companies is sort of misleading to um, entrepreneurs because what happens to them is that they get stifled and they crush the innovation. They completely crush innovators. And, and I've met probably over a thousand innovators over the years and, and entrepreneurs who had great technologies and great opportunities. And it, it, it's very insidious. It, it creeps up on them and they, and they think that they're going to make it to the big time. You know, we always look to the, the big, masterful, large corporations, how, how they built their corporations. But they didn't build it, you know, they didn't build it from scratch as the way that we think they did. They, um, they built their corporations and then, they, then we sort of made them into superheroes and think that, that the, what they did is what we need to do but we weren't told the real truth about how they did it, you know, because, and, and the situation has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, even if you study Edison and how he did it, or um, John Ford, who did the car, how he did it, you, mm -hmm. you, you realize that there's, there's a certain type of instinct that they had that, and the times that they were involved in was much more conducive to them. But, for, you know, if, if somebody tries to, um, do it in a time where women aren't really accepted as entrepreneurs, right. which is what I, I experienced. And that's this century. Mm -hmm. And I was an entrepreneur back in the, in the, in the um, you know, 20th century. And um, it's just, it's, it's really, really tough to be an entrepreneur, no matter who you are. Yes. But then it's really tough if there's this club of on yep. entrepreneurs that keep you at bay, you know, the um, angel investors, the, um, the uh, you know, the first stage of funders, and then the venture capitalists, and then, then you get into the big time and you're going to go public. And um, that's what, what Earth Renew is on the path to going public. And the thing that happened right in the middle of going public was the financial crisis. Yeah. Oh, my God. So what so, happened? What did you do? Well, it, um, it was really, really difficult. So we were on the road, and this was happening. And then just like now, this mm -hmm. is like a repeat of what's happening now, is yeah. that we had all these SPACs out there. We had all this investment, and everything is really hot in the marketplace. And then all of a sudden, the investors are panicking because, you know, that's after – they um, pulled out the markets and the crisis started to happen. And, and so 
when we were out on the road, investors say, well, we're not investing until we figure out what's going to happen now, you know, what's going to happen. So, but, but what we did is instead of having venture capitalists, we did have one hedge fund manager involved in the company and as an investor and hedge fund hedge funds had grown into this massive business on wall street Mm -hmm. and they had invested in a lot of projects and the financial crisis took out probably two thirds of the venture capital Mm -hmm. firm or the hedge fund firms in New York and around the world, actually in London as well. And and in Germany and places like that. And so what happens then is that the hedge funds have to get, they have these calls on their, on their, um, on their assets and they, you know, they have to pay out their investors. So then they turn into vultures themselves and start to vulture everything. And um, yeah, so then it basically crushed our business, but we had all these patents and technologies and everything. And, um, and really that was the end of the business, you know? And so they, they, um, you know, we had a valuation of way over 300 million and, and that, and, and that was like years before we even tried to do an IPO Mm -hmm. and we had grown the company. We built the facility. We've proven all the technologies we had, global patents that were worth a lot more than our valuation that were yeah. proving to be really good, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it, it, it's, it's just, that's what happens to technologies. They don't get commercialized because it's not in the best interest of those that are have the control over the money and the power. So you have the two things, power and money together, stop yes. innovation. They wow. crushed innovation. And so when, when it, when it was taken over by the hedge fund because of mm-hmm. a glitch in their financing um, package, because they had lots of waving, you know, they, they um, took it over and did whatever they did with it, but they basically shut it down. Uh, they took all the, all the assets and just let it sit still and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And, and we suspect that the, they probably had a, large corporation that wanted us them to pay them to shut us down because yep. we were a threat to the industry a exactly. huge industry it exactly. was the fertilizer industry we mm-hmm. had proven that our fertilizers were more um advantageous and cheaper than the traditional fertilizers exactly and so the johnson and johnson and whomever else has that probably were waiting for this, they waited the right time and just bought you into pieces to just tear you apart and make it disappear because you were the threats. You wanted a competitor, you were we a were threat. A threat. Because a competitor, you can always try to beat them, that's not a problem. A threats mean everything you've done for that fertilizer will go down the drain, that's the case to say, because yours has something they did not have. Yeah, and, and we terrible. were probably, we were probably years ahead of our time and, yep. and that's a constant battle because when is the time to have innovations? There's so many great innovations that I've seen. It's just amazing. You know, um, I, I get tell you lots of stories of innovators that I've met and what happened to their companies. And, you know, and, and the reason that innovators meet each other is they go to, you know, we were a clean tech industry so we were environmentally friendly, and that's been my goal since I was, as soon as I started talking about it. <laughs> and and uh, it, it, it was amazing, some of the, um, the, the uh, I lost my train of thoughts there. <laughs> um, but it was amazing, some of the innovations that people were coming up with, and, yeah. and real solutions to problems mm-hmm. that you'd think that would be fully embraced by investors but it wasn't because of their alternate agendas yes you know um, i remember one company that i really liked and it was called climate change central Mm -hmm. uh, climate change and they um had this great software that surveilled the climates for farmers and growers and it, it was a data system and software platform and was really, really innovative so that you could integrate your your software on the ground to this nice. um, cloud-based one. And this is before cloud, actually. It was 
it was kind of amazing. It was right on the edge. Mm-hmm. And um, Monsanto, which is, you know, the fertilizer company that got bought by Bayer, uh, Monsanto bought them. And that was the end of it. You know, they, the, the owners got a bit of money, but, you know, not really. The technology went nowhere. Monsanto exactly. didn't know how to do it. Yep. And so all of these big companies do this. It's, they're us, known yes. to do it. Yep. Yes. And, and so it is sad and it's frustrating. But one of the things that I learned is that, you know, persistence is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to have had a history of survival, of yes. surviving all the different things. Because when I started Earth Renew, we were, I had Al and, and Jean a part of the organization. The, the, so there's three of us. And we were building up this company. And um, then 9-11 happened. And then the aftermath of 9-11 on companies, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there's one thing after the other. So just like now, yes. it's the same there. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be very adaptive and yes. um, very creative, even yes. just being in business. And so um, there's a lots of life events that interfere with people's development of a company. You know, you'll have um, you you'll have failures, and you'll have mm-hmm. lessons, and then you'll yep. have successes, and you have lessons, and then you know it, it it's really quite a fascinating. I wouldn't do anything else in my life. I'm going to do this until I die. <laughs> Good. I love your inspiration. I love your drive because I think you have experienced what most women well some have experienced but not to the depth of it because you really were into the men's club you're really it's amazing to hear what you have to say because i think you should relate to some level to what's going on today but it was deeper at that time uh, especially when you went and don't have an engineering um diploma but you have the knowledge, you have the right people around you, and you still, because you're a female in a men's world, wear the odd dark. But it's amazing to see your persistence. So what happened after you closed down Earth uh, Renew Corporation? Because that must have been a very, very hard um, and heartbreaking for me. It broke my heart to just have to shut it down and said, okay, we cannot do anything anymore. So how did you feel and how did you got up and decided to move on to something else? What drove you? I'm sure you had a lot of driving, but you know, you put so much time. It's irritating me a little bit. I'm going to say a little bit right now that you had a technology that got shut down that could change and help the earth. Yeah. And because Big Brother didn't like it, he was tearing up, uh, apart and everything disappeared. To me, it's it's like, come on. You know, it's, it is it is not right in some ways because your technology should have been bigger, should have been, yeah, you're competing, but you're doing something different and it should have been embraced a little bit more and it wasn't by those Big Brothers. So when you closed on Earth Renew Corporation, what did you do? Did you do some t- time off and said, okay, I'm going to have to think about something else? Or were you already on a path and said, okay, I'm thinking as we're going down with it, because I can see it closing, I'm going to start to shift and see where was the pain point and move forward to something else to help. So can you share that? Result? Well, it's interesting because Earth Renew was, um, is, you know, it was a Canadian U.S. company and we had, we were basically in the West North America. Okay. And so, you know, so we'd been there and, and the people that, um, you know, took us down mm-hmm. um, the hedge fund was from New York and, and his cronies. Right. Yeah. And so, so I, I guess I just picked up my bags um, and went to New York and I moved to New York. That's who- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're a determined and, woman. And actually, I, you know, I actually, I, I'm, I'm, cra- you know, I don't know if I can say this on the show, but what the guys at Earth Renew said, you know, we had lots of men working yeah. for me, and and some women, and, and and anyway, but they they we were meeting in a group, and they said, you know, you've got the biggest balls of anybody I have ever met. I love it. I love it. You can say that. I can tell you that. 
love but it. That's, that's what they said. It, it, and, and the courage, courage is a funny thing because mm-hmm. to have the courage to do what you think is right for you, you know, it's really the, um, it's really the serenity prayer, you know? Yes. The changes, you can't change what other people have done to yep. what you've created. You can change what you do and, 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 and because you have power over that. And so I did that. Because you recognize yes. both. And to me, it reminds me a little bit when I explained to uh, um, Scott, when I was talking to him, it's like you realize as a young age, and I'm sure you did um, through, your, um, through your life, you recognize what you can fight. There is, we always say there is battle you can fight and some they are worthy and some are not. You have to pick and choose your battle. Not every battles need to be fought. And I like the so, fact that you choose yours. Yes. And, and then the other thing is an entrepreneur has choices to make, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So that's, that's, you know, being a, you know, when you're on a board, like I was, you have choices to make and you take responsibility for those choices. But there are some choices that you cannot make for yourself because outside influence in, impacts your choices. So the choice that you make after you've been impacted has to be aligned with what your, your goals are and what you're trying to do. And um, so living in New York, I learned a lot about it. And actually, I moved there just as Occupy um, Wall Street started. And, and and the weirdest thing is that the only apartment that I could find in New York that I moved into was on Wall Street. <laughs> and so, oh, this is good. The universe is good. Oh you know, my goodness. It, it, my life is full of these adventures that mm-hmm. are, it's just like, what am I doing here? And it's, it's yep. fascinating because we were on the, uh, I don't know what up above Wall Street, and um, one one direction of our home um, looked over uh, uh, Deutsche Bank, um, the building Deutsche Bank on Wall Street, right? And just uh, three blocks down was the stock exchange, <laughs> and and so my address is I lived in New York and an apartment in New York on Wall Street, so I was a Wall Street person. And it was really, really fascinating because um, it it became part of my life, Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street and things like that. And um, by that time, I was a widow anyway. I was a widow most of Earth Renew. So that was an interesting experience because my husband died of cancer, the engineer, Mm -hmm. and um, in 2003. And so I was, you know, a, a widow for seven years. And being a widow as a CEO is also a very strange experience because, I mean, I was in my 40s. I shouldn't have you know, had <laughs> all these experiences. It, it was too young to be a widow anyway. But because if you were dating, it affected the people at the office. They didn't, really? you know. Yes, it was really strange. It's sort of like if I had flower, if, if the guys had flowers to the company for me. Then everybody got really uns- unsettled. Yeah, I don't know. They thought that maybe a woman who's going to have a, a date with somebody might, I don't know, run away or leave us yeah, abandoned. Leave, exactly. Sell the, oh, sell, the, sell the company and just go on her merry way. Like, no, that's yeah. my baby. Yeah. They should know you better. <laughs> they should know not being nervous. It's like, no, nobody's going to be running the show except you. You're the CEO. Yeah. Nobody else is good. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. But the one of the one of the marvelous things in New York is that you know New York is like the opposite of living in in uh, San Francisco or Cal uh, Calgary, Alberta, or Fresno, um, California. Even here, yeah. Midwest. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it, they go to New York. It's like there's yeah. so many people. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just amazing. But one thing that happened to me, which was an amazing experience. I'm, I'm running my business and setting up a new business in New York and getting to know all the things that are going on. But I, I, I guess it almost accidentally met my next husband and he was, he's absolutely amazing. And he's a fine art photographer 
born and raised yes. in New York, never wow. lived anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and really creative and really, really intelligent and a completely different background, you yep. know, uh, lived, grew up poor, single, um, yep. single um, mom mm-hmm. only as a parent. Yep. And this person, uh, the opposite side of the continent, yep. has ex- interests the same as me. Um, when I was younger, I was in the animation business. And, and he was in the animation. You know, we had this thing about animation. Yeah. And we both love films. Good. We both write. We, you know, it's, it's all these interests and, and, mm-hmm. and, and things. And so here I met, you know, a person, uh, you know, a kindred spirit with the Good. same interests with yep. completely different backgrounds. And that's a lesson mm-hmm. in itself. Because, you know, you never know when you meet people what your common interests are, are the biggest yes. bond that you're going to have because it's not what, you, what they do or, you know, or, or where they grew up, you know, all the people in New York are not homogeneous. You know, they're, they're very different types of people gathered together. And, and, and really it's sort of like an amazing event to meet somebody that's the best husband in the, that I have ever, you know, experienced. And it's like, wow that's like a tiny dust in a huge haystack exactly <laughs> but somehow by where perfect synchronicity you met which is fantastic so what happened after you met him because you were already working on other projects you were already doing things and yeah. is the arts influenced you at some level or yeah. Are you still focused on um, the agricultural world or how did you balance all of this? Well, I, I, I continue to do what I, I, one thing, one thing, once you have a lot of patents and technologies that does carry some weight yeah. and I was working on, I decided to do some more global stuff. So when I was in New York, I, I did spend some time in Washington Mm-hmm. and got involved in um, international development banks and understood what they did oh, um, and um, went to the Philippines, to Manila, to the, um, and was invited as a speaker at the um, Asia Development Bank mm-hmm. because I wanted to continue with what I could do. Yeah. And, um, and, and the other thing is most of the, the technologies I developed at Earth Renew weren't patented yet, so, and they didn't have any ownership of my patents or any of the technologies that I had developed after Earth Renew or that they didn't know about. I mean, they couldn't take everything out of my brain and tell me <laughs> how to do it. You know, I, I just like, there's no way they could take on my notes because as far as yeah. I was concerned, they didn't own it. So um, exactly. I worked on some interesting projects there and that was a really enlightening experience to go to Manila. Then we did some tours. Um, some of the entrepreneurs did some tours of, outside of Manila Mm-hmm. And and the and the and how they lived compared to how we live. Yes. Um, and and um, and then um, then we decided that um, my, my my new husband and I decided we got married in the city hall in New York City. <laughs> I was like, wow, it was a really amazing experience. It's like it's just like a story out of the storybook, and not my life. This isn't my That's life. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. But then I was really missing agriculture and I sort of had enough of, of the wall street type of life. Yep. So, so I took this wonderful New York man and we moved to Arizona and um, I became a a agricultural manager of an apple, the largest fruit farm in Arizona. Nice. Yeah, and it was really an interesting experience. You know, it was back to my roots of agriculture because I mean that's that's what I really have a passion for, mm-hmm. and um, and and then um, that's where AgWorks got evolved as well. And so I developed some software technologies around Ag- AgWorks and some machinery, automation machinery, and things like that. But um, yeah, and 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 I'm continuing to do. I can't stop inventing the solutions to things. And I love so it. It's, I love it's, it. It's, 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 it reminds me like 
you know, if you're a painter, you know, a, a well-known painter, or let's say a painter, and you've made, you know, you've done it all your life. Yeah. You're, you're not going to stop unless you yeah. can't see anymore. You can't use your hands anymore. You're incapable of doing it. So you just keep doing what you do. And that's, that's really what I do. So to bring you up to date, um, now is, um, the, uh, is the inspiration for Stellars and, um, and Backbone, which is the, the new company that's coming out, um, is, is really, I want to be the uh, non-venture capital funder of creatives and innovators. And um, we've been working on, on the uh, program for about four years now. And um, we're getting we're getting ready to launch the um, our website, the Backbone website, okay. which is 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 a it's, it's basically inspired by my my um, my background, and it, it's really around everything from the creative industry to the community um, and and that sort of thing, and 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 cr- attracting investors, impact investors, and then attracting. Um, innovations and being an asset manager and doing projects that um, don't have the interest of the big guys. So it's a different way of looking at funding innovation because we'll look at individuals Mm -hmm. and we'll look at entities and entities can be profit for profit or not for profit. Mm -hmm. So that those are the three, three areas. And we look at creators and innovators in, in different sectors and, um, so what we want to do is develop the world's first funding ecosystem that matches creatives and innovators to investors or investments. And it. then also um, source them and, and, and not focus so much on taking over their stock and their equity, because those are all manipulative. And I'm yes. an avid follower of what's going on on the stock market and how, how stocks are actually a way of controlling um, companies so that they can get bought and merged and, and that sort of thing. They're, they're basically companies are tools. You know, the SPAC craze, I don't know if you've heard of the SPAC craze and on is um, special purpose. Uh, I can never remember what the rest of it is. Um, companies. Uh, alternative, yeah, special purpose alternative companies that are gathered together by lawyers and investment bankers and they they'll take over your company and uh, well they'll raise a bunch of money with rich, with rich people investors and and high net worth individuals and they'll um and then they'll go out and find a company that they can take over and they'll take it public yikes and they yeah. mm-hmm. and so if you take it public you they they take basically all the money out of the company yes. And yeah. all the innovation, and then they make yeah. money from taking it public. Then they sell their investments yep. on the exchange, mm-hmm. and then now the recession hits, and those SPACs are going down, yep. and the vulture capitalists come in and yep. absorb them. Uh, yep. So I don't like it. I yes. never put my company into. I never say. I always said. I always said. I will never. If um, I have a company, and I will not take it to the market. It will never be public. But there's there's so much innovation out there. There's it's just yeah, but- mind-boggling, and and you don't have to sell your stock, you know. Exactly. So what we, you know- we're looking at. So the way we we do it is we um, are basically interested in in their assets, funding their assets and their operations through their assets, and then they can have a royalty stream. So then then it's um. It's it's kind of complicated to sort of explain it, but um, it yeah, it's, but it's a way more, of getting. It's a more a fair way to do business than have somebody take your company away when you don't even realize. Because I'm pretty much sure they're not going to explain to you the fine print, and most people will not look at the fine print. You bring the money. This is what most um, companies are looking at. They want money to come in. So if you offer them money, but don't show them the fine print like you explained, and you go public, something goes wrong, they take your company away, you have no say. That is a problem for me. 
I love the fact that uh, maybe I'm making an assumption and you can stop me on that based on what you have experienced with uh, your first company, you decided to do something that was more fair. And to me, that I would go with your company, uh, Stellar LLC, just to create the other channel because it is more a fair way for innovator to have a company and not lose their company to somebody else's. And goes when you lose your company, like you said earlier, everything goes down. So your company, everything you do good or can help um, the planet, the earth, disappear. And with what you're doing, it's fair. It's not like you're going to take everything, you're taking control and you do whatever you want at the end of the day. That's not the case. What you're doing is the reverse. And I, that to me is a big point because a lot of people don't realize they're looking at, I need to bring capital. No matter how high the price is, I'm going to dance with the devil. And if something goes wrong, I'm going to lose everything. But I don't realize that until something happened and you're done. So to so me, we'll be- yeah. Yeah, so what we do is we look at um, projects and works and, mm-hmm. and, and, and ideas and, and te- um, research and whatever, um, technologies. We look at that as, as an asset, and then we monetize the asset on yep. behalf of the innovator. Mm-hmm. So, but we're also looking at a completely different market that nobody touches. Um, exactly. You know, the venture capitalists are interested in that you've had angel investors and you have a number of investments already. Then the venture capitalists come in and then the investment banking groups come in. Yeah. And, and, and those companies are, you know, are startups. But below that, there's a lot of companies and innovations and art and music and recording um, mm-hmm. places, book writers, and all these, these people that have got great offerings to society and also assets that are uh, created by um, deceased creators Mm -hmm. and their families end up with this portfolio of assets. Mm -hmm. What do you do with that when it's, it's, you know, there's so much out there that's available. So what, what we do is we, you know, and and let's say if you're in a community and your community has um, some talented people in uh, journalism or uh, writers um, and podcasters and, and, and that sort of thing, they've got their own ideas and innovation and creativity and performances and things like this. How do they get funding? You know, you go to the bank and it's, it's just like, so the primary market is made up of all these tiers, but the most, Mm -hmm. most of the businesses are mom pop businesses, individual um, creators, um, and, and, and that area, that's what we're interested in, is, is the, what makes the community a community. Exactly. Not, you know, Google and, and Apple and, and Facebook, and they don't make the community. They just take from the communities and they take away, and Amazon takes away from the communities. And, de, you know, they centralize it into their um, mammoth entities. Yes. Whereas if, if you're looking at, at what we're trying to do is that there are people that are interested in investing in their communities and their own businesses yes. that are there. So let's say you're a really creative chef and you wanted to open up a, a restaurant in a city yeah. and, and, you know, maybe some sort of ethnic restaurant or whatever. Yeah. This is a funding mechanism that supports that. And then they, they can, they, they could do it, their business, we help them with their business plan, but we monetize their assets and, and including, let's say their equipment and things like that so that they can be creative without these restraints on their growth or, or development. And or if that. you're a software company and you've yeah. got a solution or if you're a nonprofit yeah. and, or if you're doing research at universities and, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we imagine um, having really strong relationships with universities and colleges mm-hmm. um, and their research departments so that we can encourage some of these technologies to go come out of the university and get monetized to the benefit of the university, but also the benefit of the people that are like doing that. the research. Yeah, because there is a lot of, of those invention and devices are sitting on the shelf. Some, because I, I used to work for a biomedical company and I'm not going to give the name, 
they had a contract with some of the university to go check what they had on their shelves. So there is a lot of invention and stuff like that that got developed, not fully, but there, that will benefit uh, the community. And I love the fact that uh, this is what I'm, that was the reason I wanted to talk to you, is the fact that you are focused on giving back to the community. It's not the big guys, it's the community. So when one person can start a restaurant, like take the example of the restaurant, that means more jobs, money flowing into the community, and that will help. So this is a post, what I call the full circle. I absolutely love it. So you said the website is not up and running yet. So when um, the well, the Stellar's website because we we also um, sell. Uh, um, I'm an art dealer, like the, the business is art dealership, and the creative channel mm -hmm. is broadening its scope because of my scope was very broad, and so. Um, the, so the Stellar's channel is up and running and um, we're working right now on the software side of it on, on the website for a company um, offshoot of Stellar's um, called Backbone mm -hmm. LLC. And Backbone LLC is um, the funding um, matching funders to innovators. Okay. And so that, that, that should be, it's, it's taken us longer because it's really hard to find people to work with and time time allocation by getting somebody on board to do the software um you you need it would take a lot of my time or as much time as it is for us to do it in-house instead of bringing in more people so especially nowadays when there's a shortage of, of people out there available okay and um and so so it's um so we've got you know a number of strategies you know, impact data for good, you know, and, and we always have this thing about creative by creative, innovator by innovator, community by community. And and that that tier is what we're really talking about because, yes. you know, having worked in communities when we, when I was managing the agricultural farm, you know, the agricultural communities have communities around them. They're devastated in this mm -hmm. country. They really are. And they're devastated in, Philippines and other countries and around the world. And, and this idea of having centralized food production, um, you know, is, is crazy. It's insane. We need food to be closer to home. We should be able to self-sustain. I have a fascination with um, greening of cities, but also um, growing food in the cities. You know, yeah. there are some companies in New York that are, you know, growing food. And that technology is advancing but there's a lot of other opportunities that one could get into um, to do it. And, and there's a lot of young people. I want to inspire the, the, the next Good. generations to get Absolutely. into it and fund them. And so that they can have a chance of getting their projects going. Um, so I think that it's anyway, it's my ambition to do this sort of thing. And um, we, we, we look at, look at funding the creative economy, which is, uh, close to a trillion dollars worth of uh, globally in, um, in, in value. That's the, how big the creative economy, and that's everything from art and social performance, music, you know, all the, um, uh, all the paintings and artworks and theaters and you know, orchestras and all this sort of stuff. Have, all of these things, you know, even the funding for the arts in, in the different countries in Canada and the U.S., have been just channeled down. Art isn't even available to kids in school, in most schools. Yeah. And music. I mm -hmm. mean, it's 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 criminal because it's it, anyway, it's it's very hard to make a career in, nowadays with the internet being so dominant in it that you know you really have to go to the back down to the to the communities. Community by exactly. community is really important and finding the innovators. And exactly. I think we're going to be absolutely overwhelmed. And, um, and, and before starting um, Backbone, um, I've developed the whole infrastructure and how it works. And what, it, what our goal is to have, in, depending how fast we can do this with the recession going on and, and, and the, getting the funders lined up, um, is our goal is to have a, a the actual investments, the assets traded, mm -hmm. 
on an exchange. Yeah. So um, we've got that all set up, ready to go. It's just now putting all the pieces together and getting the innovators together and the investors together and do the matching. That would be wonderful. So if, because people are going to hear us, um, if they want to contact you in regards of the innovation and be founded, how can they reach out to you? How they can connect with you? Uh, ahead, of, ahead of the website that's going up, Backbone, um, it's going to be backbone.stellarsllc.com. That before that's up and running, they can go through um, either LinkedIn or they can um, send um, us a, uh, they can contact us through info at Stellars, the S-T-E-L-L-A-R-S-L-L-C.com. And, okay. and, um, um, but on the website, we're going to have an application form, basically, so that Good. people can start doing it. Because the more innovations we get, the more um, the the foundations and, and that type of funder will sort mm-hmm. of see this is a serious need that we're addressing. You know, you have to always prove yes. what you're addressing, you know, the marketplace, exactly. that there's yes. a market demand. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we're headed for still. Yeah. If you create the demand, then the rest will come. So may as well. So yes, and then interested. and of course when Go ahead. and when you when you've got the demand from the creative side and from the innovators and the creatives, mm-hmm. then then there's going to be interest for the funders to, to be involved. Yes, and that's why we are. That is why we are looking at right now. Uh, for people who are interested, please you can uh, go into the. Uh, now you can email at info at stellars with an S at the end, LLC.com. It will be on the description. I'm going to put it into the description of the episode for today as well, because I want to make sure that any innovators and thinkers, I don't care how old you are, have a possibility to be reviewed and helped. Uh, that's what we need. And it will be done in such a more fair way that at the end of the day, whatever is going to work, whatever is going to be accepted and approved can take birth and really make an impact in the world and not being purchased by somebody else's who's going to smother them and it's going to disappear. We want something that is sustainable and people can really uh, continue to thrive on innovation. I agree with you on the level of the arts because arts, music, uh, painting, sculptures is something that brings creativity to people and being a creative person can bring innovation as well because you need to challenge your brain. You need to really connect uh, with the spirit, with the universe, go with the flow of creation to bring something new. Creativity, innovation doesn't come up because you're sitting on a couch and watching TV. It comes by being curious by testing, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but for me, it's you go and test and try out things and challenge your mind on like you're a fixer on fixing things, on finding solutions. So for me, innovation is is the really creativity is the engine for innovation. And we need to bring our creativity to the surface. Now, I have a question for you. How is your husband dealt between with the move because I'm since you said you move with your husband from New York and he's a New Yorker strong and at heart to Arizona how did he do with that how did the change how did you handle the change from New York to Arizona well I I, I think his um I think his uh innovation was mm-hmm. uh and 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 the move um it was hard for him I, I mean, it was, but it, it was an adventure. And okay. we've been um, living, um, you know, in Arizona since, uh, well, it's it's 10 years now. So, okay. which is hard to imagine. So he's adapted. He's very adaptive. You take somebody from New York, they can adapt to anything, I think. <laughs> but um, but he's, he's ex- extremely care- um, creative. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's very very clever photographer um and he's on the sellers website richard rivera um so the stellars llc.com website is has got a number of artists on there okay. we'd love to have more but we just don't have the time to get it all together but um he, he, he's a, a brilliant photographer and artist and um 
and writers. So he's, I think he's doing really some great work. And he's also um, going through his archives and, and, and digitizing his uh, previous work oh, that nice. he's done. That's wonderful. Yeah, so it's a, you know, we're talking thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of pieces of work. And that's part of the inspiration that I have is because I see how much work he has and we really need this work to be out in the, in the public domain. Absolutely. And there's so many artists that I know like that, you know, musicians mm -hmm. and dancers and, oh, it's just so many people, filmmakers, whatever. There's so much creativity, inventors and uh, people that have got some technologies and data and all that sort of thing. So I, I, I want to be overwhelmed, but one of the things that I think we're going to have to really say to the innovators is that um, be patient with us because it's, it's just a huge project. I mean, we've got some really large um, supporters, you know, sub advisors and, su and supporters like that. But um, I think it's, you know, we're going to try our best to get this to happen because I think this is the answer. And it's been vetted by some uh, really respected people. So they mm -hmm. think that this whole program will work. This I would say it's going to work. I, 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 I want to say this is going to work. This is going to flourish because you have gone through a very interesting journey. And uh, out of it, you have taken something that I think to me is going to make a huge difference in the world. Yes, it's a big project. Yes, it's going to take some time, but it's going to be so beautiful when everything is up and running because it's going to help inventors and innovators to really nurture their gifts, what they got to offer to the world and not being muffled, disappearing from the surface of the earth because it's a threat. It is going to bring what we need to help and overall the earth and the humankind. So for me, that's the reason I wanted to talk to you. I know it's like, what do you want to talk to me about? Well, you said it all today for me. That message, what you have is amazing. I am so humbled to hear you. I would like to have a, another conversation with you, to be honest with you, because I feel you got so much more to share. Then I would like to invite you for a second episode, seriously because there is more to share. So if you're okay with that, <laughs> yes, to be in another fine. episode with me. Well, you got, you know, you are, I'm, I'm going to say this, if we could extract everything you got in your brain, the world would be a better place. You got so much in your mind, then I want to know more. And I think people need to know more because this is just, I just scratched the surface. It's like the tip of the iceberg. There is more into your life, into the story what you have been through, what you're preparing to me is amazing. And I want to know more. Well, thank you. And, and I think that uh, creatives and innovators are the most special people in the world. And, and they need to be respected without being exploited. And that's, that's the whole goal. You and, know, and and, and they, I mean, there's such, there's so much creation around, mm -hmm. you know, cleaning up our oceans, yep. resolving the industry, different industries. And these need to be, these people need to have a voice and they need to be respected and, and brought out. And the younger generation, is, that's our biggest potential. And I'm afraid that their education is so lousy that mm -hmm. that, that creativity is being stifled and, and, and making them not able to share their, their knowledge and their experiences and their, their innovations yeah. and that that's got to change because that those are the that group of our society the creatives and the innovators uh, whether they work at a university in research or you know a paleontologist up in in your area or you know all these people you know in in different countries and things like that they need to get their ideas out because the world needs as much help as possible and, and because they're not a big business and they're not the big guys, you know, that are dominating the, the universe, yeah. um, the, those, those people, uh, they're, they're, I have a passion for them because they're, they're the future. After I'm gone, they're the future of, the, of my children and my grandchildren. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. And I agree 
big corporation and I work for them, nice. But smaller businesses, medium-sized businesses have so much more to offer as well. And everybody, to be honest with you, have a piece of the cake. It doesn't mean that they need to be crushed or because they innovated something that could save the planet, we should inhalate them, okay? We should embrace them and that should challenge the bigger companies to do a better job on what they are doing as well because change comes from somewhere and innovation is and are changes that is needed for us. So for me, I'm all about innovation and creation. And yes, like you you made a very good point as well is most of the time innovators get manipulated and used by others because they don't know anything better. And they are, I'm gonna use the word a little bit and maybe people are not gonna like it, naive, meaning they see people with, and always see people with good attention, even if they don't. And that's the problem. So if people- That's a challenge. Yes, that's, that's a, a challenge. challenge. And if we have a program like you that can help them, then we're winning that path for them to be able to really bring their product or services to communities and the world. And that will make a huge impact. So to me, it's beautiful. I love it. I well, love thank it. you. No, thank you Good. so much for uh, being part of my podcast today. I know, I, I'm sorry, I'm stalking few CEOs of companies. There's a reason because like I said at the beginning, there is a message or something. And with with you, it's been an amazing hour we spent together, and I want to know more. And I want, uh, and I'm sure the listeners gonna want to know more about who you are and what you have gone through and what you have to share because there is more in this brain of yours. <laughs> That's probably why the men's in the men's world scary at the beginning. <laughs> the scary no, it's not. I think you're an extremely bright. Um, woman and i i really enjoy uh the conversation without an engineering diploma <laughs> but you are absolutely amazing and your innovation and the way you're functioning as i said a while ago and i said it on wisdom app actually um you know there is people with diploma who don't even know what they are doing and there is people who don't have a diploma and they are geniuses and know what they are doing i would rather hire somebody who doesn't have a diploma and know what they're doing and have creative and geniuses and somebody who has a diploma and don't know what they're doing. Sorry. So for me, the diploma doesn't make the person. And, the, and diversity is a pretty important part too, yes. because it doesn't stop, you know, with males, white males. Yep. It doesn't stop there. There, Everybody, all humans have that capability and they all should be supported exactly. no matter what their backgrounds and whatever their, their, whichever country they're in so it's we need the help of everybody i i i will say i agree with you because i'm still experiencing that on a day-to-day -day basis too so it's very interesting what you're saying right now which i agree with you it's, it's like it's who you what you got to offer to the world and i love our conversation so thank you so much christian for Allow me today to speak with you because it's very, it was to me a very humbling experience to hear. But again, we're going to do um, round two because I want to know more. And so you can share more about your experience and where you are with the program. And also, um, I don't know, do you have an ETA for that website for uh, Backbone or not? Or it's in the near future when it's going to be launched? Um, program. In the next couple of months, we're hoping. Okay. So we'll, we'll okay. be doing a big announcement on LinkedIn about that for sure. Yeah, because and, uh, I would like a second conversation before the launch. And at the time of the launch, I would like to have another episode to focus on the launch of that program as well. Okay. Yes. Good. We're, we're going to be showing it out there and want some feedback to see if, yep. how it's communicating, you know, um, okay. And that sort of thing. Beautiful. And we're a small company, so if we get overwhelmed, it'll be a different story. <laughs> well, this is what I want. I want you, to, you guys to be overwhelmed because I have a feeling that program is going to be huge. And I believe that innovators have an opportunity with you guys to do something uh, really powerful. And that's really going to help them as well. Because they need guidance. Innovators are good at their craft, but they don't know how to run companies either. 
You know what I mean? It's like they're so focused on services, so focused on they need people to support them. And having yeah. you on the uh, on at their corners with them will help them to be successful. Yes. And Definitely. and continue to be creative. Exactly. Exactly. Because this is what they're supposed to be focusing on, the creativity side of it. And but when you run your company, even if you're an innovator and a creator, you have to go to the trenches and wear a different hat. And you lose your creativity because you're focused on running your company and your operation and do everything. But if you have the right people that can help you to set up your company right and help you to continue to innovate, then this is the win-win situation. And in most cases, they have to put back on the back burner their innovation in order to get this off the ground. So that's a plus. So that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for allowing me today to be with you and uh, talk to you. It was just a delightful uh, conversation. And yes, Christian will come back um, with us at uh, within the next uh, month or so, just for the round two. And round three will be at the time of the launch of the program. Then we will have Christian to come here and talk to us in depth about the program as well when everything will be up and running so thank you so much for today christian thank you emma